Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, everybody. It's another one of our previews here on the Blue Room. This time it's for Transfer Show. And Everton have made a couple already this summer. Ashley Young through the door early on and more recently the acquisition of Arno Danajuma. On loan from Villarreal, so it was no surprise this week that he was the main topic of conversation on the transfer podcast, which myself and Mick Green all recorded earlier on in the week. And we spoke about what he can offer, his strengths, weaknesses, and where we see him playing in a Sean Dice side. We also looked at the other names Everton have been linked with, most notably El Bilal Torre, who the club appear to have agreed a fee with, but it looks as though it's a straight choice between Everton and Atalanta at the moment. We also answered some of your questions on social media as well. This part of the conversation is our chat about Arno Danjuma. If you'd like to listen to the podcast in full, it is available over on the Blue Room Extra. That's patreon.com slash the Blue Room Extra. The link to the podcast is in the description if you'd like to visit it via that. I hope you're ramping up our coverage ahead of the new season before that Fulham game and hopefully get into more detail with some more new signings that will hopefully and surely follow in the coming days. So it's patreon.com slash the Blue Room Extra like to listen to this podcast in full hopefully we'll see you over there and in the meantime hope you're enjoying this segment too i think it's one of them where if he hadn't obviously what happened with tottenham in, in january if that hadn't happened and we weren't interested in that in january ourselves i think there would be a lot of um, excitement about about this transfer you know he's ultimately i think fair to say champions league pedigree he's definitely obviously not had the the, the best of last 12 months but before that and especially even the season when he was at Bournemouth as well before he moved to Villarreal he was, he was very highly regarded performing at a, an extremely high level and I think he kind of went under the radar a little bit in terms of the fact that you know Bournemouth bought him on the up when he was in, in Belgium and then had his injury issues in his in his first Premier League season and then because of that when he went down there was, there was no suitors for him then and I think if he hadn't had those injury issues he probably would have been one of them who performed well in his first season and got a move to a, a club like us who, who tends to, to shop in the, the the relegation market i suppose um but i think it's just there you know the, the, i have my not doubts about him just maybe i'm intrigued by his suitability to to sean dice for instance and because he's not someone who's gonna um chase down loose balls he's not a big presser he's, he doesn't work hard off the ball or is at least not um you know, Dwight McNeil levels of, of, of pressing and, and, and activity out of possession. But then again, not a lot of attackers are. I think, you know, McNeil's a little bit unique in that. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how he adapts to that. And I'm sure he's, and I think he kind of hinted to that in, in his interview that he's had conversation in terms of what it, what's expected from him. And obviously he's got a lot to, to, to fight for in terms of proving himself to the, the football club and obviously the fans as well that he deserves to, you know, he deserves to be given a, a second chance. Um, and, and I'm sure a lot of people, are, from the perspective, I, I'm a little bit more uh, blasé about it. You know, you've got the chance to sign a good player. It doesn't really matter what's happened in the past. You, you just sign him, especially on loan, uh, when, when that's available to happen. 
Uh, but I think others, especially, I think there were a few rumours in the football club that maybe a couple of people weren't happy, understandably, with what happened. If, you know, you've worked hard to to get that deal done, and and that situation happens, then then fair enough. So so hopefully he does come here with with a point to prove, and hopefully we'll see that in his in his performances. And um, hopefully that might start tonight against Bolton. I don't know. Um, yeah, we might be a bit too soon. For, well, I mean, yeah. by the time this goes out, we might score a hat trick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I was thinking whether he'd be involved or not, but I know he's been he's been training already with with Villarreal. It's not like he's 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 not already. It's not like a Garner or Brantwick where they came back yesterday. So maybe he might get you know half an hour off the bench or something in the second half. That would be it. Would be it would be nice. It'd be something interesting in Bolton to watch anyway. Um, but I think it's just a, you know, ultimately he's a, a really good, and it's something what Everton don't have. I think a, a lot of our wingers are quite technically good, maybe, and, and they have a, a creative element to them. But they're not, you wouldn't pigeonhole hold them as as goal scorers, for instance. And this is what Dan Juma absolutely is. He's very good in and around the box. He's a really prol- prolific shooter, um, and you know he's he's a good asset to have in the attacking areas. He's not. Don't think he has much value in terms of creativity, you know, in terms of, you know, dropping deep and trying to progress the football forward. Maybe that's what other transfers will bring. You know, obviously there's still rumours to to Willie Nonto, for instance, um, who who would obviously add that you know a different side to to, to Everton's attack again. Um, but I think he's someone that Everton can rely on to to score goals next season, and that's obviously something that we don't have at the moment. So already it's a it's a good sign, and I'd say, yeah. The way he's like talking about him there, and like I've seen I've seen bits of him in his first season at Villarreal because he got quite far in the Champions League, and they were on quite a lot. So I watched a lot of their games then, and seen him a fair bit because Bournemouth that season they were in the Championship, seemed to be on the telly every single week as well. And like the way you're describing him there, and what I remember, like there is a bit of Richarlison about him. I think, yeah, you know, absolutely, yeah. in the sense that I mean, I'm not not comparing him by any means, but. I suppose I am in a sense, but you know what I mean. I'm not saying he's going to be as good as Richarlison was, but like Richarlison, I think when he first came, there's this idea that we're going to get this Brazilian winger who's going to do like Rabona flicks and step overs, and you know there, there is a bit of that in his game sometimes. But it's almost like the the further away from the goal he gets the ball, the least less comfortable he looks. Like he looks at his best between the posts and when he's running onto things and. You know, from what I've seen at Dan Juma, it feels like very similar. He's he's very much like I wouldn't say he's like a left midfielder or a left winger or a central striker. He's like a he's like a left forward. Yeah. yeah. Player, if that makes sense. Yeah. I think he, he played his best stuff for Villarreal in the front two, didn't he? And and I think it, what you say there in terms of the comparison to Richarlison is absolutely right. I don't think he has the you know the combativeness that Richarlison had, for instance, but he definitely has that. You know, I think it was a case with, with Richie where it was almost like he wasn't a striker, he wasn't a winger. And even though he wasn't a striker, the aim was to get him as close to the goal and as close to the attacking areas as possible and as central really as possible because that's where you knew he was going to do his most damage. He wasn't the the most prolific of, of finishes, but he was he was a danger in the box. And I think that, that's exactly what Dan Juma is. And so I think that's, that's spot on. And I think it's just the case. And I think that kind of, you know, leads into to where exactly he'd play because I think maybe there's a, an expectation that he'll play out wide because of the type of player some people think he is. But, you know, we've just said that ourselves that, you know, we think that his best, you know, stuff will come in and around the penalty box. And I, I don't think 
you know, if, if that's the case, and, 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 you know, I believe it is, you know, then we want to put him in a position or we want to put him in a role where you're getting them in and around the penalty box as much as possible. And I don't think that's going to be the case out wide in a short and dice team, if that makes sense. So I, I do think we, I, I assume we will see him out wide from time to time, but I think his best stuff, and I think this is probably something we'll see throughout the course of the season, will be off, off the striker or maybe, you know, depending on who else we have up front, maybe up front himself. Yeah. And, yeah, you can sort of see, like, if you look at the blueprint last season, like, if you're going to be a bit more attacking, like, say, you know, maybe maybe first game of the season will be too early because it's, you know, we might not have had total time to sell yet. The team's not moving. But say, like, we're playing the equivalent of, like, a, a Fulham in October, November at home on a Saturday. Yeah. You know, you feel like you've got the the license then to be a bit more attacking. Like, if you go away, you're looking to think what we played largely last season, which is one centre-forward. And then the player that plays behind the centre-forward is more of a midfielder than midfielder pushing forward than a striker dropping back, if you get what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. If we're at home, like, you could see if we've got Calvert-Lewin or Torre, unlikely, or another striker we sign, then you could play Dan Juma with them or off them, as opposed to Decore, he's probably a bit more combative work hard would be a bit more defensively switched on so it gives us a bit of versatility and you know, I was speaking about this today and someone saying like you know where's where's the, the where are they going to fit into the side and then you know how, how's he going to play and you're sort of thinking oh god I don't know but then you think like this is this is good like this is what this is what teams should have isn't it for, you know throughout the course of the season like options to to change things depending on the opposition because you're not going to play the same way playing against Manchester City away as you are against Luton at home, so you should be able to mix it up a little bit. Yeah, and I think there's there's also just a a sense of you know not exactly knowing what to, what to expect from, from from day one. And you're absolutely right in terms of, and I think I showed this in in the second half of last season. We're not going to play the same formation every week. Maybe if everyone's fit, then there might be the same ten players out there. If that makes sense. Um, and maybe Dan Juma will be that, that 10 plus one and maybe someone else who comes in will be will be the other one. But we, we do have to learn to to adapt. And I think having those players who 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 can come in, especially in Dan Juma's case, where I think one of the big bonuses in terms of what's been reported is that you know it, it seems quite clear that the club are really happy with, with how versatile he is. And, and that's just another bonus, not just his quality. And I think that's just another tick to, to this type of deal. And so I think that goes hand in hand to, to what you say there. And I think it is just the case of it's it's good to have good to have options. You know, it's it kind of I think because of the, the reliability of the the players in the second half of last season, not just not not talking about the, the, the quality necessarily because of where we are, but in terms of how many of them you know played consistently, you know, that I suppose it was really, you know, if it wasn't for a Wobie and McNeil, if they dropped out of the side, there was no one else. You know, you could have played Damari Gray there, maybe, but obviously I think he was seen as more of a, you know, the central forward on the Dyche. And I think after Gordon left and him not going, those two played every single game and started every single game and more or less played 90 minutes in every single game. And I think, you know, you can't do that for 38 games. Absolutely not. And, you know, there's, there's obviously... You know that then carries on to the fact that you know Damari Gray might leave this summer. I think there's still question marks over whether Obi will leave this summer as well. You know, with, with 12 months on his deal, so it, it's good to have those options. And and, and ultimately, we, we don't have the we don't have the, the clear picture in terms of what what the end what the end game is here. Really. Sports Social Podcast Network.